Hey there, this is Brian. I'm the host of the Engaging Missions show. If you've found this show for the first time, I did want to take a second to let you know that this show is not currently in production. You're certainly welcome to check out all of the archives, but we don't have new episodes coming out at the moment. However, I did want to take a second to highlight one of the sponsors that sponsored the show a while ago. They're not currently sponsoring the show, but if you're looking for a place to invest in the kingdom, I'd recommend checking out Mega Voice Audio Bibles. You can find them at megavoice.com, or you'll find a link in the show notes, and I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them. And with that, I'll get you back into the regular program. Have you ever considered planning a church in a college dorm room? Well, after this, maybe you will. We'll talk about that and more. This is the Engaging Mission Show, episode 184, with Braden Olson. Welcome to the Engaging Mission Show, where we are bringing missions home. Here's your host, Brian Ensminger. I'd like to say thanks to our engaging announcer, Scott McClelland, and also to you for joining us. I'd also like to welcome Mark, Kelly, and Elliton. I think I pronounced that right, Elliton, who recently liked our Engaging Missions Facebook page. If you'd like to connect with us there, you can visit either facebook.com slash engagingmissions or just stop by engagingmissions.com and click on the Facebook logo to connect. This week, we're going to be talking about dorm church, about what God's been doing on a college campus in Florida, and a little bit about simple obedience and some ways that we might miss it. We're also going to be picking up with Brian Hogan as his family is preparing to enter Mongolia. They're facing a challenge, and we're going to look at one of the things that they did when they were running into that challenge. We're also going to have some resources for understanding a little bit more about Muslims and a simple question that came from Global Initiative that we might want to answer. I'm also wanting to mention that I am in the middle of a fundraiser for Global Initiative. I'm trying to raise $4,000 for them this year to help fund their ministry so that they can provide resources like what we're using here to equip the global body of Christ to connect with and reach Muslims. And it goes far beyond that. They also provide on-site training. They partner with other denominations and organizations, all kinds of good stuff. If you're interested in connecting and learning a little bit more about Global Initiative or about that fundraiser, visit engagingmissions.com slash fund 16. With that, we're going to head right into our time with Braden Olson. All right. Today we have with us Braden Olson. He's a missionary and a student at Florida Atlantic University. That's in Boca Raton, Florida. He has a vision to start a disciple making and church planting movement on campus, and he's doing just that. He and his team have already planted a church in his dorm room. They're calling that dorm church. Now they're discipling new believers, investing in them, looking for leaders, and planning to send them out to do the same thing in their communities. So, Braden, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me, Brian. Oh, it is an absolute pleasure. I can't tell you how excited I am to to get together with you. Now, you know, I've I've talked a lot about what you're doing, but can you maybe just sum up for us what it is that you're doing in a couple of sentences? I'm a college student at FAU, and I've been here for about three semesters. And what we're doing is we're just sharing the gospel with people we meet on campus, friends and other classmates and We're watching God raise them up and have them accept Christ, and then we're praising God through that, and then we're also watching them lead their other friends to Christ, and we're planting churches. 
Very cool. So now I, I do want to say that my experience in college was nothing like what you're describing. I did go to a Christian school, so it was a fairly well understood that most people there were believers, but you're doing something completely different. How did you get started down that path? Yeah, well, I grew up in Indiana and my uncle is Troy Cooper and he's a missionary. He's been on the show before. Oh yeah. And so when I was about 14, me and my family, we moved down to Costa Rica and we were missionaries down there. And so my uncle Troy, while I was down there, he trained me in how to share the gospel and how to make make disciples. And I kind of just started sharing the gospel with my friends. And I saw God work through them. And I saw one of my friends come to faith. And I was like, wow, like God can actually use me. I'm just this, this young kid, but I saw God work just through simple obedience. And Troy has been training me over the past six years now. And I moved to Florida when I was, when I was about 16. And I saw God work in my high school, and now I'm in college, and I'm seeing God work at my, at my college as well. Wow. You know, as you were sharing that, one little phrase really stood out to me, and that's the phrase, just a kid. And, uh, you know, for, for those of you who are listening to this right now, you might be thinking, well, I'm just a kid, or I'm just a whatever it is that you are. And I would encourage you to remember that you're not just a if God lives in you, if the, if the God of the universe lives inside of you, he mm. is making you into his image. Now, Braden, I, I'm thankful that you shared that because you're also not only sharing that perspective that you had at the time, but what God did in you. Can you maybe share a little bit about how God has grown you in this season of your life? Yeah, um, I've had to learn a lot just through learning how to disciple a, a new believer. One thing that I've had to learn is having patience with with new believers and realizing that you know their their old habits are not going to change overnight and so that's been tough for me because just meeting with people and trying to tell them how to live according to the word and then seeing them not really understand it at first that's definitely been been a challenge but i've slowly learned how to do it and getting better as i go on and when you're doing that, I'm wondering, have you also maybe sometimes experienced pushback from people who think that you're not doing this the right way? Yeah, I, I've seen, like, I've I've met with some pastors in the area, and maybe at first they are, are not used to this style of ministry of immediately allowing new believers to, you know, go out and share the gospel or go do ministry before they are really discipled and and trained up, but I just kind of read what the Bible and do what the Bible says and see like in, in John four with the woman at the well, she went immediately and shared the gospel with, with her community. I'm just trying to kind of base my, my ministry off what the Bible says and trying to learn from other people who I believe are, are following what the Bible says too. That, that's really good. And I, I really appreciate your perspective on that. And you've, you've already touched on one Bible story, the, the woman at the well. I'm wondering, are there any other foundational quotes or scriptures or stories from the Bible that are really impacting your life and your ministry right now? One verse I've been really dwelling on lately is Matthew six thirty three: seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And, you know, I'm trying to plan out my future and trying to get my plans together, what I'm going to do after college. And if I want to do full-time ministry or if I want to get a job and just do ministry in the workplace, trying to figure everything out and just not, just learning not how, not how to 
worry about all the little details, but just seeking first the kingdom and God's righteousness. So, so as you're meditating on that scripture, as you're thinking through that and thinking through your, your life as, as, you know, the questions and the, the, the things that are coming up, what has God been revealing to you as you spend your time in the word? Just to, just to trust in him. Sometimes I, I try to make plans and, and kind of rely on myself to work, work hard enough or put enough energy into something to get my way or have this dream job or this dream plan in my mind, but I'm just trying to rely on heart, just putting in my best work into everything I do and trying to see what God's leading me towards and just trusting in him and not worrying about what tomorrow has to bring. Wow, that, that's good. And I want to just go ahead and confess right here that as you're sharing that, I'm thinking about my own life as well. And there's this really fine line, at least in my perspective, between not doing what God has assigned me to do versus trying to take everything into my own hands and, and walk that out. So I appreciate you bringing that up because now that's something I'm going to have to take to God and go, okay, God, how am I supposed <laughs> to walk this one out? Because <laughs> we're, we're all kind of in process. Yeah, yeah. As you think about the last couple of years, you know, what you've been doing on the campus, were there any times specifically where you maybe had to step out in faith or start walking in faith for a particular season? Yeah, for one challenge I kind of went through was last semester, I had two of my most fruitful disciples that I've spent a lot of time pouring into, and they both they both moved away. One moved mm. Down south, he dropped out of, out of school and started working, and the other one transferred schools. And so when I came back to school over the summer, I was I was pretty bummed. I was like, God, I put all this energy and time into these two guys, and now they moved away. But I know you're using them where where they are at now. But it just it was kind of difficult for me. But then I realized that you know God had different plans for them, and they're being used now at different schools and using them to reach their schools now. And then uh, I have more time now to go pour into other guys now. So it's, it was hard hard at first, but I think it worked out in the end. Yeah, I, I would imagine that's really difficult. As I'm thinking about that, you know, trying to walk through those difficulties, I would imagine there were some conversations with God, maybe some regular practices. Are, are there anything in, things in particular that you've been doing to help contribute to what God's doing and what God's revealing to you? I would say just daily time in the word and, and prayer. And then also I have a good group of guys that we meet for accountability group every week, just finding like my motivation to get up in the morning, just from, from God and finding it in the word and, and just seeking him in prayer. And then also getting encouragement from my accountability brothers and also just surrounding myself with people that I think are, are wise in the Lord and other missionaries that, have great advice. I think those are kind of giving my, my energy and my motivation to, to go on what I'm doing. Yeah, that's really good. And you know, I'm, I'm like 180 episodes in yet, and it never ceases to amaze me the depth that people continue to bring to the, the fundamentals, to spending time in the Word, spending time with God, and spending time with some key relationships. I really do appreciate you sharing that. With that, we are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to shift our focus a little bit more toward what's going on now in the ministry. 
I'd like to take just a minute to tell you about another podcast that I think that you should check out. If you enjoy the Engaging Missions show, you definitely want to check out the Foundational Missions Leadership Moment with Scott McClelland. He's been a guest on the show, he's a friend of the show, and he's just recently finished up a series where he was on location in Thailand talking with some missionaries there about leadership. I thought it was a really, really interesting discussion. You can check that out at fxmissions.com. I think it's worth your time to at least give it a second to check it out. All right, we're back with Braden Olson, and I have to tell you, I am just absolutely loving this conversation. It's just speaking to me. Braden's calling me out, even though he doesn't know it, on stuff that I need to work on. Now we're shifting our focus, though, more toward the ministry and more specifically toward Dorm Church. Now, Braden, as you think about Dorm Church, Dorm Church, I can't even say it, Dorm Church, what, what was it that led you toward Dorm Church? Well, when I, when I started at FAU, I was just trying to share the gospel with everyone I would come in contact with. And so this one guy I met, his name is Butters. Well, his real name's Matt, but we call him Butters. <laughs> nice. And, and so the first time I ever met him, he was drunk and not following the Lord. And so a couple of days later, he was sobered up and I shared the gospel with him. And he's like, He's like, wow, man, I really need to start following this. Like, this is awesome. I need to repent and believe in, in Jesus right now. I was like, wow, praise the Lord. So he, we would start meeting every day, sometimes even three times a day, just to read the Word together. And he just fell in love with God's Word. And he would start reading the Bible even more than me. He would read like 10 chapters a day. And I was like, whoa, like, I only read like wow. maybe one or two. But it, I was just, it was so awesome just praising the Lord. And, and so he was, you know, growing in the faith and getting discipled. And, and so at the time I was thinking about what the next step for ministry would be and how to reach the, the kids on campus. And I thought I was reading through the Bible and reading through Acts and I saw they planted a church. And so I'm like, oh, I should probably do that. So we planted a church in our dorm called a dorm church and me and Butters and Will, who is my roommate, he's an awesome Christian guy. He's a, a beast missionary. And so we all started a, a church in our dorm, and it spread through that. And Butters was then able to go back and reach his partying and drinking friends with the gospel when they would ask him, when they would ask him, hey, man, you want to go do this or do that? He, he would say, no, I don't do that anymore. And they would say, why? And he would, he would share the gospel with them. So it's just super cool how God worked in his life and got to use me to just have that change in his life. I really, I love that story. And, you know, one of the things that I so love about that story is that it sounds like the whole thing basically came about because you were reading through Acts and you went, oh, they started a church. Maybe I should start a church. And while I don't want to discount the value in digging into the scriptures and understanding history and all that stuff, I do want to commend you for, for that simple act of obedience. As you think about that, are there other places where maybe some of us who aren't, well, I'm not sure how to frame this up. Are, are there places where you see maybe obedience is beginning to lack and that we could step more into, into simple obedience? I think one way that a lot of people lack in obedience, I mean, I lack in a lot of other ways, but one way that I, I see some people at FAU in the, in the Christian clubs is they, they want to reach their friends. They want to share the gospel, but they, they just don't do it. And it's either they're scared or they don't know how to. And so I would just 
kind of encourage them to not like pray for opportunities to share the gospel, but pray for boldness to go make opportunities to share the gospel. And one thing we do in dorm church is we train everyone to go out and share the gospel. And we go out and we knock on all the, the dorm doors and we ask to pray for them. And then we share the gospel right then. And through that, I met, I met one, my one friend, Bryce, who uh, got saved and we just recently baptized him. And he's been coming to dorm church and he's fallen in love with the word. He just read the book of Mark this past week. And, hmm. but yeah, I would, I would say we have like, we have so many lost people here at FAU, more than 99% of them are far from God. And we have 30,000 students here. So there's so many lost people and, but they just, they just need the gospel and they're just waiting to hear it. And so that would just be a huge impact if people would start sharing the gospel more instead of, praying for opportunities where they would just actually do it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I guess this is my episode to be a little bit transparent because I'm thinking about back to, back to myself when I was in college. Uh, like I said, I did go to a Christian school, but, you know, the, the culture that I grew up in was basically if you find people that drink or smoke or chew or do whatever those kinds of things are, you don't hang out with them because you don't want to become like them. And while I understand that, you know, we're supposed to be in and not of, I feel like sometimes we pulled back a little too far and we weren't even really in the world. So I appreciate that. And, you know, for me, this is, you know, you're, you're preaching to the choir here. I'm one of the guys that's going, okay, I need to learn how to do this better. And I, I really appreciate your, your willingness to, to go ahead and bring that out. I do know, however, that it's not always easy. There are sometimes difficulties. Maybe you don't want to do it some days, that kind of thing. Mm. What is it that fuels your passion or keeps you going when things are tough or when you just don't want to? Mm, yeah, for sure. It's it's not always easy. You know, the one time, first time I ever took my buddy out to share the gospel, he was so nervous. He was throwing up before. Mm. And then once he went out, he said he loved it. It was the best thing ever. But yeah, for me, like, I have to definitely stay in prayer and, uh, you know, I don't just like naturally get up and just want to share the gospel to a hundred people that day. I mean, I wish I did, but yeah. it's, it's sometimes, you know, it's awkward and, and sometimes scary. And, but, but kind of like what motivates me is just thinking about, you know, if, if all these, if, you know, a bomb got dropped on FAE today, how many people would just go to hell mm. and, and just like, and, you know, that kind of keeps me up at night sometimes just thinking how many lost people are here and and thinking about who God's going to use. And his his plan A is is to use the Christians, me and my buddies and the, and the kids and the Christian clubs. And and so it's just like, you know, kind of heartbreaking to think that if they were to die, they would, they would go to hell, which is, you know, sad. But he his his plan to save them is us. And that would kind of kind of the motivation. There's no plan B. He's not going to, well, he might do it, but it's not in the Bible. He's not going to like make unicorns appear and start sharing the gospel. He's, <laughs> he's going to use us. So, so yeah, that's the, that's the kind of the, the motivation for it. Yeah. And, and you know, that is the, that's the reality of the situation, right? God uses us at the same time though, we're responsible to be obedient, but we're not actually responsible for salvation, if you will, because it's the Holy Spirit that calls people. How are you able to walk that out to, to live effectively, to keep that in your mind, but also not to feel like it's all on you. The, the weight of the world is on your shoulders. It can be, it can be sometimes sad. You will go out and you'll shit. You'll share for two hours and you'll have no one get saved or no one even be interested in what you have to say. And one time I was I was prayer walking with one of my friends 
And I asked this guy, I was like, hey, excuse me, is there anything we could pray for you, sir? And he said, the people like you would never talk to me again. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, I'm sorry to bother you. But yeah, it's you definitely get rejected, but you just gotta, you know, keep pushing through it and not let it get to you and, and realize that you can't make them come to come to Christ. You're just planting the seeds and you know, God makes the growth. As you think about, you know, the the time that you spent building dorm church or, you know, starting out the dorm church, sharing the gospel, things like that, I'm sure that you've also learned some things along the way. Are there things that you maybe wish you would have known as you were getting started that you've picked up now? For sure. Patience with with new believers, definitely. I didn't really realize, well, I didn't really think about it, how how it takes a little while for them to, to break their habits and addictions to whatever their past sinful habits have been. And also realize like if someone gets saved and I'm not like being their best friend or like putting a ton of time in, into them, they, they probably won't really want to follow up. I mean, if they truly got saved, then they would. But so you meet some people that like they might have said they want to get saved, but they didn't really, they didn't really mean it. They just kind of said it to get me to shut up, so mm-hmm. it's not bothering, bothering them. But then when you have those people that actually truly do get saved, and I, I feel like they really got saved, and I want to follow up with them, just, just being their, being their new best friend, and and you know, everyone in, in college is they don't want to say it, but a lot of people are lonely. And they don't have a lot of friends, so they're just kind of looking for for a best friend. And if you're that person to them and they see Jesus in you, then it's just a, a great way to encourage them and just disciple them. That's really good. One more question to just kind of tie a bow on this, this little section. What's one thing that people who are maybe just now starting out could learn from your experience to be more effective? I would say people that are just wanting to start sharing the gospel would just be to just be bold and and have and have patience and just let God do his work and make sure you pray before you go out and if you have a friend or a family member you want to share with just just bring it to God before you go up and charge them because you you know you can't do anything on your own but only God can move in their heart but just you know it you know God's has the God prepared people out he's prepared the people in the harvest and, you know, it says the harvest plentiful, but the laborers are few. So you just got to go out there and find the God-prepared people. Very good. With that, we are going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we're going to shift our focus more toward you as the listener. Here's a taste of what's coming up on the Engaging Mission Show. Yeah, we're not looking to change people. We're looking for people who want to be changed. We, we see this in the Gospels, don't we, in when Jesus sends out the 72 in Luke chapter 10, he says, I'm going to send you to the places where he himself is about to go. And so the Lord goes before us. We talk about in John chapter four with the woman by the well, and Jesus had to go through Samaria. And why was that? Because there was a prepared person of peace who was there already, that God had been doing things in their life that maybe they didn't even understand. And then someone comes up and offers, you know, prayer, offers the love of God, offers some kind of a thing. You see this with the man from Ethiopia who's reading Isaiah, and suddenly this dude shows up and says, hey, do you understand what you're reading? He says, well, no, not really. Can you explain it to me? He said, sure, come on up in the chariot. And so there's these people that have already been getting prepared by God, and our job is to just go find them and meet God where he's already been working. 
If you enjoyed that, you won't want to miss a single episode of the Engaging Mission Show. Subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher to have it delivered automatically. Visit engagingmissions.com slash subscribe. That's engagingmissions.com slash subscribe. All right, we're back with Braden Olson. And as we head toward the home stretch, we will be shifting our focus more toward you as the listener. But before we get to that, I'd like to talk a little bit about building relationships. During the break, Braden was sharing how you know he, he and the group that he's with are able to do some stuff with some pretty big Christian cub, clubs on the campus. So Braden, why don't you just share with us what's going on and how it came about? Yeah, so there's, there's two big... Christian clubs on campus. We have Calvary Chapel and we have Crew, Campus Crusades. And they're both awesome. I have a great li- relationship with both the leaders there. And I, uh, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on their leadership team with, with Calvary. And the leader there, Dan, is one of my good friends. He's really awesome. And so he kind of saw what we were doing with Dorm Church and was like, wow, like, this is awesome. Like, this is so cool. So he, he wanted us to be able to train his club and how to do what we're doing. And so me and God kind of kind of raised up a team of leaders to go do this training. Me and then my roommate, Will, and then my girlfriend, Kylie, who's a awesome disciple maker. Hmm. She's kind of leading the charge among females at FAU, female students. And then my other roommate, Sean, he's an awesome disciple maker. And then my brother, Brock, came down and helped us with the training. So God just kind of raised up this big, this big training team to be able to, to go and train these kids and how to make disciples, how to share the gospel in a simple way. And it, it was super cool. And through that, we saw one kid get saved when we went out in the harvest. And one people were then trained in how to share the gospel. And then also in crew, we might have the opportunity, Lord willing, to, to train them hopefully pretty soon. So we're just kind of praying through that, that God would you know, keep us humble, but also use us in the ways he wants us to be used. And so that's another thing we're excited about is getting to, getting to be able to train the Christian clubs and watch God raise up more leaders who want to be disciple makers and church planners here at FAU. That's great. And as I'm thinking about that, you know, how that kind of grew, I would imagine you've probably come in contact with a few people who were maybe starting to feel stuck or they were wondering if what they were doing on campus really mattered. What would you, what would you share with somebody if they're in that place right now? Hmm. Yeah, just sometimes I, I feel stuck too. You know, people are not getting saved or someone I've been praying for for a long time isn't coming to God. But just to, just to keep pursuing the Lord and just keep praying for whoever you want to see come, come to the Lord and keep praying for boldness to go reach new people. Cause you know, you can't change them, but, but God can prepare their hearts and you just got to find those, those people that God has prepared. And so, yeah, if you, if you feel stuck, you know, just go to the word and, and just keep on uh, following the Lord and, and he'll grow your ministry in ways that, you know, you might not think, the way you you wanted it to grow, but it's the way God's going to, going to make it grow. Is there maybe a book or a resource, something that you really love or that you use a lot that you'd like to recommend for us? Yeah. I mean, besides the Bible, I'm not a huge reader, but I do love the, the four fields of kingdom growth by Nathan Schenck. It's a PDF file on online and just a great strategy for, for ministry that I've used and been able to follow. 
and it's it's been awesome. And, and how can we best pray for you and what's going on at, at Florida University or FAU? Yeah, our two main prayer requests is that God would continue to raise up leaders in the harvest and out of the Christian clubs. And so that we can just see a disciple making movement happen here. And that also we can, me and my team, we can just stay encouraged and have willingness to keep doing what we're doing. And that God would just continue to, to bless our ministry here. And then also a prayer request would be, I'm currently raising support. I'm kind of treating my ministry as a part-time job. And so I'm at 40% of that. So just another prayer request is that God would just bring that in. And I'm praising him for what he's brought in so far. And I'm just excited to see what he's going to do in the, in the future. And if somebody's listening and they're connecting with you, they're connecting with what you've shared and they want to partner with you in that, is there a place that they can go to help be, they can become part of that partnership team? Yes. Yeah. I have a support account website set up through E3. And so I don't know, you can probably add the, add the link. Absolutely. If you send it to me, I'm glad to do that. That'd be great. Yeah, that, that'd be awesome. It'd be um, just a huge blessing to see God bringing that, that support. So, yeah. And if you could challenge us to do just one thing in the next seven days, what would that be and why? I would challenge everyone to read the word in the morning, get, get inspired by what God is telling you through the word and then go out and, and share the gospel with one person every day. And I would encourage you to do that because I've done that in my life. And that's just kind of gave me like purpose in my life of what God's led me, led me to do. I know everyone's not, not called it called to different types of ministry, but I really felt my calling through this and I know everyone's called to share the gospel. So yeah, that'd be a really awesome challenge for everyone to, to do is just read the Bible in the morning, find your, your joy and encouragement from that, and then go share the gospel every day for seven days. Very, very good stuff. For those of you listening, we will have links to the, the resources that we've talked about as well as a way to connect with and partner with Braden in the show notes page. That will be at engagingmissions.com slash Braden Olson. Now, Braden, I just want to say thank you very much. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this, stepping out and stepping up and really doing this. I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. Praise the Lord. I'm excited to be able to do this. And I'm so thankful to be on your show, Brian. Well, thank you. Now we're going to catch up with Brian Hogan by way of his book, There's a Sheep in My Bathtub. When we last left Brian, he had just found out that there was a national holiday that was holding up their visas to enter Mongolia. He'd been told that there was a slim chance that he might be able to get them taken care of if he returned in a couple of hours. Now, as a husband and a father, he had to tell his wife what was going on and also lead his family through this time. What they did next was a great idea and yielded some powerful insights. I knew if we just went back and twiddled our thumbs in that small hotel room until 2 o'clock, we'd all be ready for straitjackets. We had to get our minds off what we were facing. We prayed briefly and committed everything one more time to the Lord and then caught another cab and went to Tiananmen Square to kill time. Not one sign remained of the massacre that had happened there just a few years before. We stood in the endlessly shuffling line to visit Mao's preserved corpse in his huge mausoleum. 
There were constant warnings to be quiet and respectful. There was a very religious reverence, both encouraged by the guards and observed by the thousands visiting. We were so nervous about the girls blurting something out, grabbing a flower, or goodness knows what. As we exited into the cold yet refreshing outside air, Melody said loudly, That was just a dead guy! We beat a hasty retreat from this shrine to the founder of Chinese communism. Still, her seven-year-old wisdom was a graphic reminder of the risen Christ's superiority over the gods of men and their governments. Back in our hotel room, when two o'clock finally came, I called the Mongolian embassy and the same woman told me to call again in an hour. We decided I should go again in person and wait at the embassy while Louise stayed behind with the girls and covered me in prayer. I absolutely love that insight that that was just a man, that reminder that the risen God is the ruler over all rulers. That's something that I think that we could bear to hear more often. I also appreciate that they committed everything to prayer. Come back next week when we find out what happens as Brian heads out an hour before he was told to be there. I'd like to say one more huge thank you to Brian Hogan for making his book available to us free of charge. He didn't have to do that, and I really appreciate it. The book was narrated by the author at Voice of the Martyrs Studios, and my friend Jeff Butterworth, who actually helps out with this podcast, did some of the final mixing and mastering to get it ready to go. If you have a book that you would like to make available as an audiobook, I'd recommend that you connect with Jeff Butterworth at soundparadigmstudio.co or send me an email at feedback at engagingmissions.com so that we can start that conversation. And if you'd like to get a copy of Brian Hogan's book for free, visit engagingmissions.com slash free book and select There's a Sheep in My Bathtub as your very first download when you try out Audible's service. Again, that's engagingmissions.com slash free book. This week, as we talk about reaching Muslims and sharing the love of Christ with them, we're going to continue our work in understanding a little bit more of the background and the demographics. I have just a little bit of information to share with you today, but it's poignant information. And I want to preface this by saying that my heart is not to bring any fear or anything like that, but just to bring knowledge and understanding and allow the Holy Spirit to work in our hearts and our minds and our lives to impact this. So here's what I'm going to share. This is pulling from resources from Global initiative. This, uh, this resource is called What Christians Need to Know. The number of Muslims has, is now well above 100 million in several countries, these four countries, Bangladesh, India, Indonesia, and Pakistan. They're now a majority in 51 countries of the world. And that leads to the question I'm going to ask you. It's the same question that Global Initiative asks us. Why has the Church of Jesus Christ not gone into this neglected field? And I'm just going to leave you with that question because I don't have that answer for you. I don't have that answer for the global body of Christ, but I believe that God does have that answer. And I believe he would ask us to wrestle with that question. Why has the Church of Jesus Christ not gone into this neglected field? 
I'd like to say a special thank you to Global Initiative for making their resources available. I think that they're really valuable, and I appreciate being able to share them with you. I'd also like to encourage you, if you're interested in joining us in our fundraiser, to help fund Global Initiative. The money that you give will go directly to them. None of it comes to the show. And this will help them provide resources like this, as well as training for the global body of Christ. If you'd like to learn more about Global Initiative or learn more about the fundraiser, visit at engagingmissions.com slash fund16. That's fund and the number 16. That'll have links and some information, all kinds of good stuff for you there. That's engagingmissions.com slash fund16. Thanks to Braden Olson for being with us. Brian Hogan for making his book available. Global Initiative for allowing us to use their resources. And most of all to you for joining us. Show notes is always available at engagingmissions.com. This time use slash Braden Olson, B-R-A-D-E-N-O-L-S-E-N. That's how you can connect with our guest and find links to valuable resources. Make sure you come back next week when we'll be hearing from Brett Butler about abiding in Christ and setting aside our success-oriented mindsets. Visit engagingmissions.com slash subscribe to make sure you don't miss it. And if you found this valuable or inspiring, maybe encouraging, help us spread the word. You might be the person God uses to create a connection, deepen a relationship, or provide valuable resources as you sow into his kingdom. Thanks for listening to the Engaging Mission Show. You can find more great content like this along with show notes by visiting engagingmissions.com or by subscribing to the show in iTunes or Stitcher. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back next week.